Aidan Williams, a great question. The process of using equity in PPOR, principal place of residence, to buy investment properties start to finish. Now, unfortunately, Aidan, this podcast hasn't got the time desired to go through from the absolute start to finish. But again, we have got previous episodes that uh, that give you a good rundown of that. But Emily, let's go through, uh, I suppose, the, uh, the dynamics or the steps that you would start with in respect to getting an investment property underway when you know you've got equity in your own home or even don't know, but let's go and check that out. So I think the first part of it is we need valuations from the bank. We don't need market appraisals from a real estate agent. We need to go straight to the source, which is the the bank who has your loan and maybe a couple of others and and they would all do bank valuations on your home and do a servicing check at the same time to see how much equity you can extract and then how much you can borrow on top of that to then get a gauge as to what your purchase price might want to be for an investment property. And we talk about that sleep at night factor what price to pay will keep you awake at night? Like if you go and buy a $800,000 property for an investment, will that keep you awake versus saying, well, I'm happy with 500. So regardless of what the banks will lend you, we might come back to that sweet spot for you as as to what you're comfortable buying in at. And then I teach an eight-point strategy and we, again, there's a podcast specifically on those eight points uh, to go back and check out. But um, essentially, we want to know, well, why are we buying it? Where are we buying it? What cash flow does it need? Whose names are going to be in? What type of property? What yield is it? Like, there's a whole range of questions we need to start asking ourselves. But first and foremost, we're saying, well, what is the value of our, our principal place of residence to start with? One thing on that, John, that I've come up against more recently is people who have got their PPR in place and considering this investment property purchase is when they are in a couple or a joint ownership of that PPR is making sure that both people are on the same page to go to the next step to buy an investment property. I know that's part of, you know, the questions that we do ask as we're going through the strategy of, you know, what's the outcome, what are we comfortable with, all those things. But fundamentally, if you are buying with a partner or if you own that property with a partner, just sense check that you are definitively both on the same page about the next step and what that looks like from a financial point of view for both of you. And I think people sometimes underestimate what it can look like trying to manage two properties, your own and an investment, and also thinking about longer term planning, for example, maybe family planning, going down to one income for a period of time if there's maternity leave involved, all those factors. Never think of the purchase in isolation. Always think of it holistically, how it plays out into your financial goals. And yeah, just really making sure everyone's on the same page when it comes to discussing another purchase. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a great point. You don't want the uh, the partner kicking and screaming and then looking back on it and say, I told you we should never have bought this. We, we, we need to be absolutely in agreement that that's the right way forward for you. And as you said, future planning, like the next five or 10 years, what are the going to be the variables in your life over that period? But yeah, essentially, the, the, we've, we've discussed more so the starting point because there's so many variables along the way once you do start that process. Once you've physically got the equity sitting in the bank there to use, that forms your deposit for and stamps if you, you're, you're paying stamp duty there and, and legal costs, et cetera. We, we create the strategy. You then start the search. You start to put in offers and, and then you get an offer accepted and then you go back to the broker and say, look, here's the contract. This is the price I'm paying. You, you get a valuation done. You get a building and pest done. And, and basically then you, if you've got offers, it might be subject to building and pest inspection, subject to finance, subject to review of the contract. All those things ticked off on you. Then go unconditional. And then there's a settlement period of anywhere from probably 28 days to 90 days um, historically. And then at the end of that settlement period, you own it and, uh, and, and hopefully you've got a tenant there that's paying you money and uh, live happily ever after. So one point I want to highlight is when you are getting the valuation done and you figure out how much equity is in the property and what you can use, as you mentioned, as the deposit and the stamps, I have had experiences where that cash is not physically put into a bank account where you can actually use it to put, you know, as a 10% deposit into the agent's trust account. I've had cases where brokers have workshopped the that equity and it's kind of like it's on paper, but it's not physically anywhere. So if you are relying on that solely and you have no additional cash funds or minimal cash funds to put towards the deposit, just make sure that it's actually going to be like a physical sum of cash that you can have in a bank account and pull upon when you need to put down the deposit for the sale transaction of the property. Yeah, no, and that's a that's a great point. I actually had that situation yesterday where a client came back and said, "Look, my broker's all good for the for the pre-approval. We haven't got it yet. We haven't lodged it, um, but the the, uh, the bank knows that we're good for the finance. The servicing's fine. I'm like, all right, hang on, champ. Let's go back a step. Let's make sure we've got that equity coming there, mm. and it's actually sitting in the account because if you have a subject to finance that's seven days, you're not going to get it done in seven days. And there's there's no way that that'll happen in that period. Um, and if you ask for a 28-day finance clause, uh, the, the agent's going to laugh at you. So yeah, you, you need to be a good way down that track for sure. So again, Emily, it comes back to having a, a great mortgage broker in your corner, doesn't it? Indeed. They're vital in this process. Key, key professional. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 